Voices of the Temple, official podcast of the Temple of Witchcraft, exploring mystery and magic through love, will, and wisdom, hosted by Adam Sartwell. Hi, listeners, and welcome to Voices of the Temple. Before I get into who is with me today, I just want to invoke our space. So take a breath, get present with where you are, with your body in this present moment, letting go of the past and the future to bring all that energy right into now, into full presence. And we call to the great spirit, We call to the two who move as one through the three rays of love, will, and wisdom. We call upon the goddess, maiden, mother, and crone, past, present, and future, creator, sustainer, and destroyer, weaver of the web. We call upon the God, Lord of light and Lord of darkness, God of the green and the gold, God of the horn and the red, singer of the song. Be with us now and forever. So more it be. So today I am here with Dan Lupacino, and uh, Dan is a high priest and ordained minister of the Temple of Witchcraft. He works within the Sagittarius ministry as an ordained teacher, uh, teaching assistant, and student mentor online in the Mystery School. He also helps co-facilitate the Connecticut. Uh, Temple of Witchcraft Sabbath Rituals, alongside Ryan, alongside Ryan Cucci. Uh, Dan is a licensed massage therapist and healer in a private practice in Connecticut. He also is IET master uh, slash an instructor trainer uh, and is a Reiki master and a medicinal aromatherapist who enjoys teaching Uh, offering workshops and spiritual coaching. He loves to travel and is connecting to sacred sites and enjoys exploring various aspects of plants, plant spirits, and healing. So welcome, Dan. Thank you so much for having me, Adam. I'm excited to be here. Yay. Um, Now, in that long little thing, we didn't uh, talk about the fact that you're also on the board of uh, the temple, I am, yes. Yeah, you're a busy guy. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it feels like that, yeah. <laughs> so um, can you tell me a little bit about your story with witchcraft and, and uh, how you came to it? And Sure, um, I'll try to make that succinct. Uh, I think, like for many folks, the... A lot of stories I hear are, it starts with, well, I was the weird kid growing up. And so, I mean, I was the weird kid growing up. Um, I always had this innate connection to nature and being outside. Um, I used to talk to the wind and make potions with not really knowing what I was doing in the backyard and just exploring. And there was always this element that it was a little bit more beyond make-believe for me, but I didn't know how to articulate that. And I didn't know that something existed in like the like mundane world that validated that or supported that. And so I, I kept a lot of that quiet growing up. I'm also a twin. So there was heightened kind of like ESP psychic connections from the gecko. 
Um, just, I think, cause twins have that anyway. And, um, I have to thank pop culture in the early nineties with Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And when I got old enough to watch Charmed and some of these other shows to kind of really feed that kind of witch fire that was burning as an ember for a while. Um, and I actually have to thank my mom because she bought me my first spell book when I think I was 11 or 12. Um, I don't remember the book title. Um, I don't want to name names, but it wasn't the best book in the world. It was probably like from the front section of Borders or Barnes and Nobles, but it was like the holy grail to receive this at that mm-hmm. age. Um, and I just fell in love with that and read it over and over again. Didn't really practice anything, but I was like breathing in everything I could. And my mom really was a force to be reckoned with um, in terms of spiritual growth. She She's witchy-esque. Um, she's was into mythology growing up. Uh, we both got involved with some uh, spiritualist mediumship circles and kind of the new age cycle uh, for a while. Um, and she just always encouraged things and bought books and brought me to fairs and things, which really enriched and gave me this freedom to explore these things. Even though I kept it secret from everybody else, I knew I had a safe space to do this in my home. Um, and... I started to talk to friends about witchcraft growing up. Uh, the great thing about pop culture and the sad thing about pop culture is like some kids got involved with it for really different reasons. So I met some kids that said they were witches, but um, they were more like toking on drugs in the bathroom instead. And so I kind of got disillusioned with the craft and I thought that the craft was um, something that it was for everybody else. And when you're like 12 and 13 years old, Authors like Silver Ravenwolf that lived in Pennsylvania seemed like they were countries away and not obtainable to get to, right? And um, I ended up kind of leaving witchcraft for a while, and I explored things like Reiki and holistic healing for my own health in my early teens. Um, and ironically, it was Reiki that kind of brought me back into witchcraft. Um and uh, it was a Shambhala Reiki class that I took with Christopher. And I remember being in the room. Ironically, there's 13 of us. Um, nice coven. And every single person in the room was a doctor or a lawyer or, um, you know, single mom of three that was, you know, taking two jobs. They were all normal, sane, grounded, really lovely people. And I went, oh, this is real? Like, this is a thing? Um, and then... The rest kind of became history after that. I think it was a year or two after that, the mystery school opened online and signed the deal. And that's where I've been so far. <laughs> so uh, you came, you were exploring these sort of spiritual things very young. Yeah. Um, do you think more young people in their teens or 20s are are um seeking out spiritual practices like witchcraft and what would your advice be to them if if they were looking for that i think they are i think as a whole especially over the last decade young folks early teens preteens even they're really pushing the boundaries of what they were told they're allowed to explore and whether that's like their gender expression their sexuality their religion um the expectations of like what they're supposed to do in this life and what really being a productive citizen and family member is all about um so i give them a lot of credit because i think a lot of things that the kids are exploring today i wouldn't have been able to have been out and about doing 
Um, so I think they're they're all exploring and and kind of pushing those bounds because a lot of things need to change. And as much as I love witchcraft, it still tends to remain kind of a bit on the fringe, you know, kind of on the outside. And so I think sometimes folks get involved with that because of, you know, wanting to push that bound and feel comfortable being on the outside and then also seek power and, and community as that as well. And I think I'm not going to speak for all religions, but I think a lot of the main religions from what I hear for those practitioners that have come from, it seems to be failing the youth even more so than, than the adults. Um, and it's not providing the sustenance, the answers, the nourishment, um, or just the general support of validation of who they are as a person. Um, so I think they're coming more and more to, you know, either new age philosophies or, or the craft in its various forms. Generally speaking, there's more freedom and acceptance for them to kind of explore and not be told that they can't do something out of fear or spite or hate. Um, so I guess the best advice I can give them is to explore as much as they can, read as much as they can, um, find community and explore in safe ways that make you feel comfortable, right? I think that's key in most things. You have to feel um, secure in what you're doing. And, you know, I'm lucky I had a mom who was like, yeah, here, you want that book? Sure, we'll buy that. Perfect. Like, you want to go to that class? Sure, here you go. And I, I'm really unique in that way, especially for my generation. Um, and I know there's still a lot of people that don't have that. So, um, seeking will pay off. And if you're on the outside or you feeling a little bit of like othered, um, that's okay. Cause there's a lot of us othered there. You just have to kind of find them. Yeah. No, that's good advice. I think, uh, that, you know, I, I look back at my own, uh, pathway and having, you know, at an early age to be much more secretive about it just because it made other people uncomfortable. Um, and, uh, you know, respecting people where they are is, is really difficult. Um, and, you know, allowing for that, what's happening right now. Uh, I feel like sometimes we look at the world and we want it to change instantly. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I see this in a lot of the younger authors and things like that they you know they're very passionate i love that um but what i've learned is that change happens over time as people get more comfortable you know talking about their gender they're you know like get more comfortable about uh all of the things that are going on even mm -hmm. in the craft that you know i feel like they're gonna a flower doesn't open instantly. It takes mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. And if you want to see the full blossom, you have to wait and, and give a little bit of, you know, encouragement as it grows. And it's hard when you're younger to be like, I want to be able to do everything. Yeah. You know, all at once. I still and, feel like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, there are times I still do, but like, I, I realize having gone through many, years of craft stuff that I've grown in ways uh, I, you know, wouldn't do things that I did when I was younger, just because I, you know, board magician is the most dangerous thing in the world. Um, <laughs> uh, and I can speak from experience on that. Um, 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I think it is the it, it is it's so hard to be patient with it, but I do think that um when we see something as black and white it takes a while to see the grace. Absolutely. And and the and the change that is happening. Voices of the Temple is brought to you by our many wonderful sponsors for the Temple of Witchcraft Community Center Fund including our anonymous and monthly contributors. Special thanks to the Robin's Nest, a metaphysical community in all ways for always. Located in Bellingham, Massachusetts, the Robin's Nest offers a wide selection of magical tools, divination decks, books, crystals, incense, herbs, oils, teas, and candles for all of your spiritual and magical needs. The Nest also offers up a wide range of services, including psychic readings, rituals, and classes. Shop online at therobinsnestma.com or come to visit in person and be greeted by the sounds of running water, tinkling chimes, and laughing voices as you step into the magical realm. If you would like to become a sponsor for Voices of the Temple and contribute to the Temple of Witchcraft Community Center Fund, please contact Debbie Stellhorn at Debbie, and that's an I-E, Stellhorn at templeofwitchcraft.org. Or look for more information at our website at templeofwitchcraft.org. But anyway, so you, <laughs> you've been doing uh, rituals or co- co-creating rituals in Connecticut for several years now. Yeah, it's kind of mind-blowing, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so mm-hmm. what has been your experience leading a temple community and uh, that is just outside the greater New Hampshire area? <laughs> and I'm putting quotations around that because... Uh, that's what how I wrote the question. <laughs> sure. Oh, it's been an adventure. Um, when we first started doing rituals, um, there were it was Ryan Kuji and another minister and high priest, uh, Jameson Ford, mm-hmm. who approached me about um, doing more public things in the Connecticut area. At the time, I was still in the mystery school, so I was kind of just supporting them and. Um, kind of like admin side and and setting up in the church space that we were renting um and stepped in a little bit more of the role when i was um initiated as a high priest and then subsequently as a minister later um but it's one of those funny things where i i thought sure that's that that would be a, a good thing to just like help with you know just just support and i'm really good in that support role and like many things in the craft and many things in the community something happens and then i get thrusted into doing more leadership roles that i would have never have chosen to do um or things that would have normally made me feel uncomfortable like being interviewed on a podcast for example mm-hmm. um i've gotten accustomed to it and um Unfortunately, Jameson, uh, well, fortunately for him, he got a job and a great opportunity to move across the country. And so it came down to Ryan and I to step in. And it has been a real learning experience in really positive waves for me. Um, some challenges, too. Uh, supporting community is an interesting experience. And unless you've done it, you you really can't relate to what we're talking about. Um, 
But the community at large in Connecticut has been really lovely. We get some folks that are in the mystery school, some folks that just jive with the temple vibe that come. Um, some people come from like Western Mass. Um, and as much as I love coming to the temple in New Hampshire too, driving two and a half hours both ways at the end of a long work week, sometimes this is not feasible. So it's been nice to have a little small pocket of community to celebrate rituals in our style, but obviously open to all sorts of people to be able to come and celebrate. Um, and I love working with Ryan. He's really lovely to co-facilitate with and we bounce back and forth. So neither person is taking major roles on all the time. So there's a nice balance with that. Um, but community is that real nice blessing because there are times where, um, you know, especially like around Yule when things are really crazy or Samhain and you're really tired and you're like, oh, we got to go do ritual. And then you go and something magical happens. And there's like this aha moment with the group consciousness. And you're just like, wow, yeah, this is why we do this. This is really important. Um, and I think the other thing, kind of what we were talking about previously is that creating those safe spaces for people to explore is really important. Um, and I continue to grow and learn, you know, I've dropped candles and we've spilt sacrificial wine and, you know, we've giggled and we've invoked the wrong elements in the wrong corners. And we've always turned into like a, a good learning experience and a humbling experience too. I've learned to take myself less seriously in a good way. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and the community has really been great in that sense. Um, just to be able to show up and have that, um, all the way through COVID, all the way through shutdown, you know, never thought I was doing ritual online. Like many of us thought we were, um, similarly. And, um, it's been a process of almost a continuation of the mystery school for me. I feel like every ritual, there's something new to learn about myself and something that pushes me into uncomfortable places, but growing places. Um, and I think you can agree, you know, when the community is there, um, for all the different purposes and needs, it's, it's this kind of cauldron that just really sustains you. And you're like, okay, this is, this is good. Like, and Ryan and I both look at this as like a big part of our disservice to the divine, um, let alone to the temple. But like, this is like, okay, this is how I am giving back to a lot of the blessings that I've received. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. And it really does. It is true that, um, it does create a container when the community works together mm -hmm. that uh, brings about a, a different type of magic than you experience on your own. Um, and I would agree that, you know, like you never really stop learning, mm -hmm. um, not just from books or, you know, that kind of thing, but um, you, when you're doing the community stuff, it, you go, oh, you know, like my first reaction is to do this, but is that the correct reaction? And there's like, you know, that sort of growth happens as you work with community. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I, I, I'm there with you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I know as, as a person who's been thrust into roles and leadership where I was like, Oh, I thought I was just supporting, but cool. All right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'll be president. Sure. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And you do so, a really lovely job, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I, I worry about it some days, but, um, <laughs> uh, so speaking of that, 
you had you are now part of the board so what motivated you to to stand up and go i want a position on the temple board of directors i'm a glutton for punishment no i'm just kidding just kidding um (laughs) i have tried to say yes to things when they scare me um and I remember having a conversation with a few people in the temple and they were like, oh, you should maybe really think about maybe doing that. And I've learned with, I won't name names, but when some people say that, it's kind of like a little push push, like, yeah, maybe this, you know, free will and all, but like, this might be something that's good. Mm-hmm. And as I've stepped more into leadership roles in Connecticut and have volunteered in various spaces, um, there's a lot that I just don't know about. And I'm like, you know what? I'm watching kind of the change in the guard with various ministers after long times of service, stepping down from the lead the minister role. And you're kind of watching the community have evolved and shifted and changed over the last 10 years. And I just felt like I wanted as somebody who's um, not young, but on the younger side to kind of step in and kind of learn these things, um, see kind of the inter the behind the scenes workings that not everybody is always privilege to um just on just even as a nonprofit side of things like i've never been on a board before i've served on committees that report to boards but i've never seen the that actual action um and i wanted to do so that whether i stay on the board long term or i come and go or in the future just so that i know i'm somebody that can step in in a more educated and informed manner in the community um, and I, it's only been like six months and I'm, it's been a crash course of a lot of learning. I'm, I'm really grateful for it, but it's like, oh, I didn't know I was going to be doing this or, or, you know, negotiating around these things or making decisions. Um, and uh, I think it's just kind of more growth that I was seeking in to be able to serve. Um, you know, and I've seen people that have sort of served on the board before that I really highly respect and, uh, you know, see the the mantle of responsibility that they hold. And I just wanted to be able to also bring a different perspective in um, I'm connected with a lot of people online. A lot of my mystery school uh, co-peers I um, uh, went to school with through Temple Fest. And I see some things a little differently that maybe some people don't. And I wanted to kind of bring that perspective in as well um so yeah i i think serving on the board is just another extension of it but it terrified me still does a little bit but it's been a good experience so far (laughs) well it can be terrifying sometimes (laughs) yeah (laughs) um (laughs) so now that you've been on the board for a while what is the most unexpected part of the experience and what would you most like temple members or folks outside of the temple to understand about the board? It's like two great questions. Oh, I think I'll start with the last one first. Uh, Yeah, go ahead. It's a real act of love to do this. Um, I think all the board members have their own, either business or their own careers that they have anyway. And um, it's not just one board meeting a month. There's constant emails and checking in. And, you know, when we have emergencies or things that come through the pipe that need to be addressed faster, um, it takes a, a lot of 
love to do this. And especially when we're going to later hours of the night after a long day work. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's really also a, a beautiful thing to watch because it, um, it creates a container for us to communicate in a way that has to be effective for each other. Um, step up and we've had, we've had conversations where we've had to be really vulnerable about our feelings around such things and, uh, kind of being liaisons to the larger community and navigate through. Um, I think if, you know, I was on the board pre COVID, some things would be different, but COVID's definitely put a different layer of, um, energy and emotion to it. Um, but it's a real act of love and devotion and the work, while it's not, I mean, I, I'm not the president, but I can't say it's constant every day, but it's a consistency that takes having to show up for it. So the people that are on the board really do love and have the best interest of the temple at heart. And um, I'm learning that more and more myself being in and going, wow, I didn't realize that this was involved in this and this was involved in that. And um, it's it's just an act of devotion because the the temple is a really important thing for so many of us and those who not that the countless other volunteers that make the the clockwork of the temple work uh, is not important but the board itself has its uniqueness to it um, and it's just a lot of love. So, uh, what was the first part of your question again? Uh, let's see. Uh, now that you've been on the board for a while, what's the most unexpected part of the experience? Being an adult. Um, <laughs> I've had I've had been privy or been on phone calls with uh, not like mediation, but having to have like hard conversations with people or witness hard conversations or making choices between, uh, let's say, like two or three really amazing people for a specific job position that you're like, oh, they all would be so great. Um, and there's a level of maturity that where it's like, well, this stuff just has to be done. Mm -hmm. um, and I still perpetually feel like a 16 year old even though I'm going on 35 now, but, uh, you know, stepping into more of that responsibility where my words contain power, um, which is, you know, I'm an Aries. Most people don't realize that I'm drowning in a lot of other water. So having that fire and that will and enacting it is, is, is a challenge for me. So that has been kind of seeping into the boardship as well. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your sun sign is uh, sometimes described as what you're here to learn. Exactly. And, yes. you know, I, you know, recognize this because I am Libra and we have to make the decisions and be like, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yes. Yeah. I, I lean into my Virgo rising a lot with our meetings and trying to keep us on track and yes. making sure people follow rules and, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is a labor of love for me as well, because I do a lot of the organizing function. Um, but yes, and, and I, I love hearing what you see in, in the board now that there have been shifts and changes, mm. um, because some of the shifts and changes that I, that I, uh, initiated are things that you're seeing. So like, you know, uh, the, amount of email that you get between board sessions mm -hmm. uh is a third of what we we were doing before <laughs> i came on it was like no we're talking about that at the meeting no yes <laughs> and yes. put up boundaries um so uh it is a big job it, yes. it really is um, well, and and there's an efficiency to it that is really enjoyable because even though i've not been in boards i've been on committees 
And if anyone's been on any sort of committee or board, you know that it could be a hot mess. And so as much as it is a labor of love, there is efficiency that's really refreshing. And that's really nice to see. And it sets the standards higher. So if I'm on something, no, 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 it's not, this is not how this is happening. We're going to fix this. So I really appreciate that. That's a good learning experience. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, listeners, I have broken up this podcast into two so that it doesn't get so long that you get really bored. (laughs) But uh, you will get the next one probably a week after this one has dropped. So let's just get out of our sacred space and back to normal. Uh, We thank the Great Spirit, the two who move as one. We thank the three rays of love, will, and wisdom. We thank the God and Goddess, the Lord and Lady, who move through us and work with us. May we recognize their presence in our lives. Blessed be. Merry meet, merry part, and merry meet again. You've been listening to Voices of the Temple. The contents of this podcast are copyright Temple of Witchcraft 2023. For more information, please visit us at templeofwitchcraft.org.